Hi, I'm Irwin McManus. I want to welcome you to the Mosaic Podcast. I want to also bring you into some exciting things that are happening here. If you go to the Mosaic app, you will learn about our conference coming up this year, about MSC's new album and their tour across the country. And you can learn how to connect and be more involved in Mosaic in so many different ways. And by the way, we now have the Mosaic YouTube channel. And you can go access not only these talks, but other fresh and new materials that are being created specifically for that channel. And so if you want to be connected in a richer and fuller way, uh, not only be a part of the podcast, get to the Mosaic app and get to the channel. And we'll see you there. Have a seat. If we haven't met, my name is Kim McManus, and I've been here since I was 33 years old. A long time. A long time. Um, I am married to Erwin McManus. And look, I just read it. He's coming back February the 26th. The only thing is, he's back every day at my house. (laughs) Oh, all right. So I just want to start by, um, I just want to start by like giving you some updates. Is that right? Okay. So one update is I get the honor and I can't believe I get to do this is being over Mosaic Global and, and we on behalf of 2016, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for what you, you pulled off. Just thank you for where you went, for giving your life, for giving your resources to go. You don't know this maybe, but you fed with your $5,000. You fed uh, kids in Haiti meals after the hurricane. You fed 2,000 families with your money in Malawi during the drought of last year. You sent a medical team and they saw over 800 cases um, in Malawi, you sent a storytelling team, and what they pulled off was was phenomenal to me. You sent children's teams. You sent all around the world. You sent a team to Shanghai, China, and with these arts teams, with a camera work, with with dancers, with writers, with musicians, and they led a camp of over a hundred high schoolers and. Uh, 20, some of those kids gave their life to Jesus. And then 50 said, I'll rise up as a leader. Isn't that phenomenal? Phenomenal. You, you didn't, you may not have known that you supported a, a Bible school in India, in Vijayawada, India, and, and, and the leaders of that school who also have a children's home there. We have a long, long-standing partnership with them, but you gave them the means with which to carry on their work um, without worry and burden. You did that in India. And you did, you've gone all over the continents of the world doing good. When you give your offering, it's humbling to me because I know your dollars are working. We don't have enough money to waste it, you know? So we put it to work and, and God takes the, your, your resources and he spreads it across the planet. And I see what happens when you give. And this isn't a plug. I'm just saying thank you for 2016 because... After this gathering and, and after at 7 o'clock, we, we are having this orientation for Mosaic Global, what we're doing in L.A. and in other parts of the world, in Lebanon, in Guatemala. You sent a team there last year to both do teacher training and to paint a school. They did a great job. We're going back to do, with an IT team this year. Uh, we've invested long-term in this, uh, this, in this uh, school, EMA school. You're, you, you are doing phenomenal work, and this year we're going to back to Malawi to work in the villages of Chaliza. And one of you developed an app that will help us track the nutrition, the nutritional needs 
and the medical needs and the clothing needs of this particular village and surrounding villages. Joshua Santana, you know you developed that app and God is going to use it. God is going to use that app. I love your creativity. If you have an idea, please come to our orientation after this gathering or at 7 o'clock. We'd like to see you <clears throat> and plug you in. And then, look, then there's the update about Irwin. Um, he, we didn't, this came out of nowhere, you know. This, the cancer scare came out for our family out of nowhere. Um, although we, we, we had sensed that something was wrong for a long time and they identified it. And we're so grateful to God for good doctors and medical care. But I, I just want to just say thank you so much for everything that you've given us. Uh, for all the cards and all of the phone calls and all the text messages and all the meals and all of the gifts. I saw you, Tanya, when you ran up to my doorstep, dropped that painting off and ran away. <laughs> she didn't know I saw her. I was like... Um, I, 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 I thank you, Sandy and Saylee, for that Korean barbecue you dropped off at the house today because your gifts to Irwin are my gifts. <laughs> thank you um, very much. We are overwhelmed, and, and the flowers just kept coming, and, and just the, we're just so overwhelmed, and he is too. He is uh, cancer-free. And in this whole process, he's also become a deceitful liar. <laughs> he takes his gym bag, he hides it behind the door, makes it, gets downstairs while I'm not watching so he can make an exit out because he's determined to get back into shape and to, to go work out or play basketball. He just hides it all from me. And afterwards, and he's coming back in sweat, and I'm like, you're a liar, you're a liar. You're a cancer-free liar. <laughs> you know, you know. So he started a series before he left, and even before that, when he came up here and spoke, and he was, he was battling with this, even before he let you know, we all, just the family, we all knew what he was sharing, and we knew the depths with which he was speaking, and what resources he was pulling off of, that, that, that you didn't know, and the things that he was saying, I'm like, you gotta tell the people, that you, have, you gotta tell them, and they will pray for you, and he's like, I can't, I can't, I can't tell them, this is my battle, and when he shared it with you, you've been so gracious to pray, and I just want to say thank you so very much, and he comes back, and, and, uh, and so, but he started this series when he was away, and he, called battle ready because he felt like God was getting him ready for this battle with cancer and appropriately he was and now um, he wants us to finish this series and he'll end it when he comes back but battle ready and I was thinking about battle ready and I thought you know it's it's glorious the victories we could talk about in the Bible in the Old Testament when it comes to battles we could go there and I'm speaking next week and I'm going to go there but this week this is another battle but it isn't glorious it is, the, it is the hard, personal, intimate work of love. And love is a battlefield. <laughs> love is a battlefield. Isn't that right there? Pat Benatar. You were so young back then. It is. 
Isn't it? It is. I don't care in what part of love you're in. It's a battlefield. I don't care if your heart is yearning for it. You got it. You are in a relationship. You are married. You think that's not a battlefield over there in marriage where I am? It's a battlefield. That song says, heartache to heartache we stand. No promises, no demands. That is baloney. There is promises and there are demands. There are demands and there are demands. You know? That's relationship. Commitment means promises and and demands. You know what? And heartache. We're going there today. The heart and love is the battlefield. Is that right? And we need you to be battle ready here, right? Because it affects us. If you got a heart out there, this message is for you (laughs) and for me. And you know what? I love I love Solomon, who was the king about a thousand years he reigned before christ so he was a ruler of israel solomon and he prayed and god showed him favor in his prayer because the prayer was so humble he prayed for the wisdom to know what was right and wrong he didn't pray for the riches and the riches came his reign was called the golden era of israel and because he prayed for this wisdom god gave it to him and then he He compiled all of these words of wisdom of the ages, and we put it in a book. He put it in a book called Proverbs, and it is the the sayings of the teachers, of the wise teachers, and of his sayings. And there is a part of Proverbs that we're going to go to, because in this Proverbs 7, it says this verse. It says, I want you to keep my commands, and you will live Guard my teachings. And that is battle language. You know that? The commander is asking us to keep his commands. I don't like commands. You like commands? We didn't like their first original ten. We didn't like the ones that came after. And when Jesus reduced them to one, we didn't even like that one. We can't even go to one, right? Because we don't like commands. Don't command me. Don't tell me what to do. You're not the boss of me. Except he is. He really is. And so our commander says to us, I have some instructions for you. And they are for your good because I adore you. And this will help you make it through the battlefield alive. Because love is never supposed to kill you. I know when you're newly married, you think that's not a true statement. (laughs) But love is never supposed to kill you. Love is a battlefield if you have some knowledge, we got to get some knowledge, right? We got to get some wisdom, which is more than just knowledge. And we don't know how we don't, God, give us wisdom to know how to maneuver the territory of love, even when it's in our own hearts and the battlefield is with nobody else except myself. You get that? Like who is steering the ship of me? Who is informing me? And wisdom does that. And so Solomon pulled his sons. This is this story, this particular Proverbs 7. He's pulling his sons close and he's like, son, I want to teach you something from the manual, from the the army manual. I'm going to tell you a story, son, 
And it is for your good, even though the story's really difficult, you gotta hear it because it's going to make you live. When you are in a place where, ha, ah, you don't know how to maneuver this territory, you don't know what the battle is. This is, am I the enemy? Are you the enemy? Or who's my team? Who's my reinforcements? What's the maneuver here? Am I being manipulated? Well, I can't believe it! Love is so complicated. You know why love is so complicated? Because you are so complicated. We are so, we have so much going on at the same time. You know, but God, he knows how to handle all of our busyness. You know, and he calms us down and he centers us into that place of wisdom He said, I'm going to teach you which way to go. And you're going to guard this teaching. More than you would guard your very life, if you guard the teaching that I have for you, and it's the most valuable thing, then then I'm going to give you wisdom. Wisdom is this. It's the capacity to understand. And so then you have skill for living. So we need this morning to, we need to increase our capacity to understand what's going on. What the heck is going on here, you know, right? And so then also, it's this. It's the ability to apply the knowledge, right? The knowledge that you have and the knowledge that you're going to get because we got to have some knowledge. It is the ability to apply then add it to the experience you've had. Now, that's dangerous if you say, I'm just going on my experience and love hurts. And so if it hurts so bad, I will then decide to love you and I am going to hurt you so bad. You know what? Mm, Nah, it's not the way it's supposed to be, folks. It's that knowledge adds to experience, adds to then the depth of that experience and the combination of that turn into understanding. And then you start making all these connections. Huh? Huh? That's how, oh yeah, that's not how many, I only had a few breakups to realize that's not what I want. That past will teach you what you do not want, what you need to leave behind and what you are to aspire to and the kind of person you are to aspire to be in love. No, somebody's not going to love you. Look at it this way. You are going to love someone. So today we're just going to look at it like that, Okay. You are going to love someone. And he gathered his sons around. He says, okay, this is the story. Are you ready for the story? This very thing happened to me, Solomon said. It happened to me. And this is, this is how it unfolded. Proverbs 7. He said, at the window of my house. <laughs> That's a little understated because Solomon was a king. He had a house. So let's say it was a palace, but we'll call it the window of my big house <laughs> um i looked down through the lattice you know where the vines were growing there was a you know he looked i don't know sounds kind of creepy but okay um and i saw among the simple and i noticed among the young men a youth who had no sense huh that's a good place to start right <laughs> with people who don't have any sense and are simple. Um, but, but it's interesting how in this battlefield of love, there is just a huge disconnect. And we're going to see it as it unfolds. Who we want to be, what we think about love, uh, what we, we hear the songs and see the movies, and what actually love is. 
and how we've experienced love and the lack of it and the pain of it. And so then this, this, this is where we live in this middle space. Can somebody fill in the blanks for me? Can make me understand? And he said, I'm going to help you understand because one day I was out looking around and I saw among the simple. So the simple is, is you know, English doesn't do any justice here because the Hebrew is so much more textured and layered. It, this word simple doesn't mean, oh, they were just good old guys hanging out down below, yeah, smoking a little bit, drinking a beer, whatever. <laughs> um, I'm very fluid, like, in going back and forth through, you know, different voices and things. That, I mean, <clears throat> whatever. So he was like, uh, no, he said, the simple in the Hebrew means seducible. Seducible. Because I saw among this group of guys hanging out, uh, they were very open. They were very um, unattached and, and, and seducible. Huh. You know what the word seducible means? It means um, to be mastered, to be owned. Wow. They were waiting just to be owned and mastered. I don't know what masters you or, or if you ever look at relationships that way. But love was never meant to be, um, for you to be conquered, you to be mastered, you to be owned. It was never invented by God who created all of you in your complexity to be mastered and owned. Love was supposed to be something else that we turned it into a battlefield. He kept it so pure for so long and he, the, the story of humanity went there too quick. It went there too quick and we became each other's enemy. Right? And he says, okay, I noticed among the young men a youth who had no sense. That word, no sense, doesn't mean he didn't have any common sense, although I think, you know, part of this learning of wisdom and the knowledge and the experience and the insight, it's got to be, it's got to be played out in common sense because common sense should always be common practice in love. Courtesy, common practice. Uh, attentiveness, common practice, dependability, faithfulness, common practice, exhibited common sense should always be common practice. But that wasn't like that. That, that guy that had no sense, he, he had no sense. It's the Hebrew term means he had no heart. He lost his heart. He lost his heart. They think, oh my goodness. When you lose your heart and you lose the center of who you are and you don't have that core, what, what informs you? What informs you? Those past experiences, those raw um, emotions, that anger? No. He's like, I lost my heart. And now he was watching that boy. So Solomon's telling his son a story of how he's watching another boy. Another young man. We don't want to call him a boy like he doesn't ha know what to do. So we're going to use the term young man. All right? He goes, he was going down the street near her house, walking along in the direction of her house. Hmm. Innocent, right? Is he innocent really? Is he really innocent? Because I'm feeling something here. You get it? We're so nuanced. We can see the subtleties, right? We've been, we've been to a lot of movies. We know. We read the script already, right? There is something about to happen. I can hear the music building. And I'll stop it because I thought it was just mothers. You get it too, right? Something is about to happen. Look, 
there are streets you don't need to be going down. There are directions you don't need to be going. And that's, is that understood? Yeah, there's some places. Because of my past patterns that have weakened my resistance to some territories. I can't be in some rooms. I can't be on some websites. I cannot be in conversations with some people. They make me weak. Why do they make me so weak? I don't know. It's just like my, resist, my, my emotional immunities have been stripped away. And what am I supposed to do? You're not supposed to go down some streets. Right? You got to know what streets you can't go down. You know, I'm speaking metaphorically, right? All right, good. My... <laughs> Here's some more metaphor for you. The street you shouldn't be going down, my ex-boyfriend street. Woo! <laughs> so true. Another street. One night stand street. Whoa. He's a bad boy, but I can change him street. control ourselves no 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 liar 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 street got your name on it how about this street he's married but we're just friends oh boy watch out watch out for the street that says she's all wrong for me but but that's a big butt right there body street I'm unapologetic I want that mm. stay away from that street guys you know it sounds funny it sounds oh, you're teasing you're playing around with the idea you're playing around with the idea right how about the street of I'm lonely that counts right or how about this street I'll take anybody I'll just take anybody. That is a desperate place to be. You're not that desperate. You're better than that. Everything in you, God has made you better than I will take anybody. Anytime. Don't go down that street. That's not your street. Hi. And how about this street? We're texting, that's all. Yeah, most of the time it's true, but yes, when you said that's all, that was the tell. We're texting, oh, that's all. That's not all. That's not all. You said a lot when you said that's all. And you could add it to anything. Anybody tells me, oh, I'm really literally just texting, that's all. If I never heard that word literally again, I would be all right. Because, because it's not really literally. And it's not that's all. Something, something, something is in there. Right? Right? And wisdom calls out to that and says, inform that moment. Inform that young man he's going down the wrong street. And it said in verse 10, at twilight, at, as the day was fading, and as the dark of night set in. You know, you know time of day is important. I don't... Time of day is important, you know? That disconnect between the day you and the night you. Do you operate by a different standard in the day than you do at night? I don't know if you intentionally do, 
But look, I know you wear a whole lot more clothes in the day than you do at night sometimes. Like, I don't know how to get down Hollywood Boulevard. I see. I see. I see that. I see out there. Because look, look, look. The night you, the night you, it's more vulnerable you. It's the tired you. The stripped away, I'm exhausted. I can't say no one more time. I don't have it in me, you. It's the stressed out you. I've had a hard day. I've had a hard life. I'm having a hard year. And it looks like it's not getting any better. So, so bad. It's that you. The one right past the road rage you. That there's nothing left. You screamed it all out. You know, you have more fingers than just that one. Right? Come on, people. Right, but it's, it's the night you that convinces you that nobody's watching you. That nobody can see what you got going. It justifies who you are and I'll ask forgiveness in the morning. You. I'm telling you. If you are going to be strong and you're going to have love, the wise love, you have to deal with that night you inside of you, right? Because um, in Ecclesiastes 7, 19, it says this. The wisdom of one wise man is more powerful than 10 rulers in a city. If you want to be 10 times stronger, 10 times more powerful, you got to get some wisdom. And it's in that, those night hours, those vulnerable times, those discretionary hours that you have, even if it's right before bed, watching, 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 it's, it's yours. Nobody can see you. And that kid's like, oh, the young man was like at twilight. As day turns in to night. In verse 10, it goes like this. Then out came a woman to meet him. Watch out, boys. Here she comes. You know, I like that song. I just hit that song. just came in my head. Uh, she's a man eater. Like, then out came the woman to meet him. And is it just an innocent, is it just an innocent meeting of new friends? But the problem is at the end of the day, part of wisdom in love is at the end of the day, making sure that you are innocent. Yeah? They, that your hands are clean. That if you have a wife, your hands have not touched another woman. That if you are in relationship, that you are faithful in that relationship. At the end of the, end of the day, be innocent. This boy wasn't innocent, and the woman she met was not innocent. Then out came a woman to meet him, ah, dressed like a prostitute and with crafty intent. That doesn't mean she made her own Valentine's cards. <laughs> that is not what that is. Although we don't use crafty intent in our language, it means she had this hidden agenda. It's like, I've got some intentions. I've got some plans for you. And I didn't just come out to meet you. That's what temptation does. See, you can be walking down the street. You're walking down the direction of her house. You're just like, you're just curious. He was just curious. What would that be like just to meet her? You see, temptation only needs you to go part of the way and it'll come out to meet you and greet you and, and do all the rest. So you just relax because, oh, you're being set up, fool. 
I get me to set up, fool. So then she came out to meet him dressed like a prostitute. Like her messaging was clear. She had the clothes. Look, she had the T-shirt. She didn't make that T-shirt that says free hugs. That's not what she was wearing. She had the look, right? Whatever that look is, a thousand, two, three thousand years ago. <laughs> she, she, I don't know what it was. Uh, she is, an, she, and, and here is like the point where I'm like, okay, where are the, the things in, in, in his head that are going? Um, uh, Get out, get out, get out, turn around, turn around, turn around. I'm like, run, run, boy, run, run. Nothing. Uh, 11, she's unruly and she's defiant. You know, she's defiant to authority. She's rebellious. And we love those wild girls, don't we? Don't we guys we just love those, like a little bit unruly, a little bit defiant. But this girl, you know, she didn't understand that there is an authority. There is a God to answer to and he, he can see. And there is a commander-in-chief, and he's giving us, he's giving us our, our tools, our weapons. He's giving us the eyes to spot these kinds of things. And she was, like, just completely rebellious to that. It says she was defiant, and her feet never stayed at home, which I thought, wow. In the course of this, you know, that's what you notice, Solomon. That's what you're telling your sons. Her feet would never stay at home. That means, is she a working woman? Well, is she working? <laughs> she might... She is she a word? No, you know, because there were two places that people found their grounding, their moral center. That was at home and at temple, at church. And at, church, at temple, they learned the Torah, the law, what God expected and what God required. And they would take it home, and that's where they practiced it. That's where it was fleshed out day to day, hour by hour, in obedience, in learning obedience, in learning humility, in learning what it means to share, in learning what it means to be whole, in learning what it means to love. Home was the center. Guys, we got to start fighting for our homes. We got to let that value of home rise up among us because we value and love creativity. But you know what? The creative home that knows how to love creatively, we got to elevate that. You think, well, I'm single. I'm like, you have a home, you sleep somewhere that's your home that is your place and you create this resonance this sanctuary this it has values it has rules you elevate i love it when i go into a home that you know these people you know these people for the the things on their wall and the the value and you come into my home you go out into my bedroom don't ever do that come into my and it has sanctuary on it sanctuary because that's where what it is it's holy to us it's holy to us. Elevate the home. You know? And she's like, I, my feet won't stay at home. You know where her feet were? Her feet were in the street, in the squares, at every corner. She what? She lurks. You know? And this, this word lurk is a battle term. In the Hebrew, it means she's ready for an ambush. It means to ambush. And so when I look at um, my trusty know-it-all little machine here, it says this in, the, in the, the U.S. Army manual in 1994. It had uh, types of war, principles of war. And one was ambush. A principle of war is surprise. Strike the enemy. Strike the enemy at a time or a place or in a manner for which he is unprepared, right? If you want to fight the, 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 the battlefield of love, 
You cannot not be prepared. You have to be prepared for what might come. The, the principle of the home would be defend, protect. Defend and protect. Because you never know what enemy innocently will come through that door. You have to know how to recognize the enemy. And what in the world, why are we never prepared for an ambush? You know, one of the things that, that in the Midwest, where you're near that tornado alley, they've set up this early warning sign, this early warning system, where it gives you just a few minutes. It gives you just a few minutes. And I think, hey, guy, where was that early warning system in your brain that we used to call a conscience? that you learn from your parents back home about how to recognize where in, you're in the wrong place. Where is that process at? You know, that's how you deal with ambushes because you have that early warning system activated that then your brain starts, bah, 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 wrong territory, wrong street. You can go now. And then, and then you have to take cover, right? You have to get to some place that's safe. Realizing just wisdom tells you I'm not in a safe space here. Whether it's just you and that computer or you and someone else, it tells you that conscience tells you get to a safe place and then call somebody for help. If this is a, 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 a pattern in your life of being in the wrong spaces, on the wrong street with the wrong women, call somebody Call somebody, girlfriend, if you're finding yourself waking up in somebody else's bed in the morning and you don't know how you got there, you better call somebody and get that warning system activated. You know, are your batteries, are your batteries for your detection center, are they just, are they, just, are they dead? Do you not have the energy to do this? You better have the energy to do this. Are you going to be in trouble? And it's going to be a systemic problem all your life, Right? Like we had this house a few years ago in Whittier and we hadn't owned it. It had a really sensitive alarm system, a very sensitive one. And Sunday morning we were all getting ready. We're in some form of getting ready for church. And, 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 and every four, somebody was naked in every room trying to get ready, right? Somebody in a shower, somebody in a towel, somebody over here. And the alarm goes off and I do my job. I do my job. I always, no matter how sensitive it was, I go from room to room to room to find the fire. And yes, there was never a fire, but I always thought there could be one. And I would go. And so that Sunday morning, the alarm went off, and Irwin grabs a towel. He stands in the middle of the hall doing what he does, and that's preaching a sermon about fire prevention. <laughs> and why I didn't take care of the fire alarm, and why is it going off? And I'm running from room to room around him, and I stop and I say, you're going to need to go to the attic. And he informed me that he was not going up to the attic. <laughs> it was not a part of the message in his sermon. And I said, why, why? He goes, there could be a fire up there. <laughs> because some of us just choose to ignore the obvious, right? So she said, all right, so I knew there was a fire, not a fire up there, but he could have shown me a little bit of love. All right. <laughs> She's lurking. She's lurking. Get help. She, she took hold of him, and she kissed him. She took hold of him. And that word in the Hebrew is like aggressively taking, uh, conquering you and taking um, dominance over you. It was a dominator move. 
she took hold of him and it sounded like so sweet that he was, you know, like she kissed him. You know, and a kiss, I know is a kiss, and innocent as a kiss, then there's more kissing and more kissing. And, and this young man was absolutely passive and quiet, silent and passive. Moral courage is neither silent nor passive, right? And we are building wisdom. We are also building courage here. And we have to have a moral center, and that has got to be informed by courage and strength. You're ever going to build that muscle in you that is truly fit to love. You're going to have to pay attention to some of these patterns. And when she came out and she took hold of them, what is taking hold of you? What is taking hold of your relationship that you need to shut it down? You see the signs, you're addressing the signs. And you've got some common sense about you and some knowledge about you to say, this is not going to happen. Uh-uh, not in my house, not in my house. And we need to be people who are so much less the enemy and more of the friend and more of the lover. Yes? And it says, and then it said, at every, and she took him and she kissed him and with a brazen face. And I'm just thinking bronzer. I'm already got bronzer. She got some, she got some bronze. Uh, no, brazen as in unapologetic, unashamed. I look you in the eye and I tell you this. I fulfilled my vow today. Hallelujah. And I have food from my offerings, my fellowship offerings at home. Oh, come and eat with me. Hallelujah. And she's been to worship service. They met at, they met at Mosaic. And it's a lovely, <laughs> you know. And, and, and then she's trying to convince him of her own holiness and her own spirituality. Do you see the disconnect? Who does that? Who does that? So many people do that. So many people find, oh, it, the traps can't be at church. I'm coming to serve. And they need somebody before you know it. They're gone. Where are you? You're off like, whatever. Whatever you're doing. And she says, it's okay because I went and I, I vowed before God. And I gave my offering. And I brought some home. And that's legit for the temple. And then now I can feed you. And it sounded so good to him. The words sounded so, oh, so good. And the food and, and all this. And if you keep down that road, young man, a bed is going to appear, right? Is that how you feel? Because that's how I felt, in the, I felt in the story. That there's going to be a bed somehow miraculously appear that you weren't prepared for, right? And it says this of her. It says in verse, it says in verse 15. So I came out to meet you. And I looked for you, and I have found you, and I have covered my bed. Hmm. There it is. There it is. This, this language of spirituality has now turned into, you are my destiny. I've been searching for you all my life. And these words are words that we all want to hear, right? We, we, in our soul, we were meant for destiny. In our soul, we were meant for intimacy. God created that for us. But it was never supposed to be used against us, right? And those words were lies from her. Because promises of love are never love. And destiny is only played out in commitment and faithfulness and over time. Hey, if it sounds too good too fast, it's untrue. If it's too good, too fast, it's untrue. That needs to throw a big question mark over your relationship. And there's all kinds of, you know, rationalizations of that and justifications of that. But it says, I've looked for you. You're my destiny. And now, 
look, come into my bedroom because I've covered my bed. And, and she was a wealthy woman because you didn't, you didn't have imported sheets for, that were beautiful colors for nothing and with nothing. And I've perfumed my bed and, and with myrrh and all of the essential oils that will de-stress you. <laughs> and the moment she said cinnamon, he's like, cinnamon, cinnamon toast, French toast, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Right? Because God gave us the gift of our senses, these beautiful words that mean so much to us and the gift of touch and, 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 and taste and smell and sound. And he's given us all these beautiful senses as gifts to us. He's given us the, the, the love of smell and the love of taste. And that's how he loves us through our senses. But evil turns those into weapons to be used against us. She says, come, let us drink deeply of love to morning. Let us enjoy ourselves with love. Enjoying yourself is never wrong, right? It's never wrong. So she would just say love and just love and there's more love in here. Come on, we're gonna, and I don't promise you anything beyond morning, but it's gonna be a great night. Come. And he did nothing. He, he, he was completely passive and he just, it seemed as though he, he was in agreement with her. Beware when you are in an agreement with the wrong relationship. You know, when you're, in the, when you're in an intimate relationship, that will become warfare for you if it's the wrong relationship. And sometimes we go and we marry the wrong relationship and then we're like, who's gonna get me out of this mess? Who's gonna get me out of this mess? Is it gonna be a divorce attorney? No, we got we to gotta fix this stuff. And yes, maybe love is a battlefield, but look, we, uh, we, we are going to fight it. Look, it says this. My, oh, look, there's a comforting statement that follows this. A comforting statement. If it wasn't dangerous enough, this is the comforting statement she follows up with. She says in 19, uh-huh, you read it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband is not at home. He's gone on a long journey. He took his bag filled with money and he'll not be home for like two weeks. <laughs> and what she was conveying is, we're not gonna get caught. You're safe. You're safe with me. And what she's saying to us is, she's married. She's married. Do you know it? She's married. Run, run. Get out, get out. And, and with persuasive words, she led him astray. Persuasive means she turned and she twisted him away from his destiny, what he was to become. And she turned him in the direction of what she would make him because now she was the master. That's never what your love, your heart was to be. And she seduced him with smooth talk. She seduced him. She took him down. That reminds me, when I heard that, when I heard that, that, that word smooth talk, it, remi- <laughs> it reminded, it reminded me of this verse in, in Psalm 55. It says, his, his, weird in here. His talk, his, his talk is as smooth as butter and yet war is in his heart. His words are more soothing than oil, yet they are drawn swords. If we could see, oh, 
this sounds so good, but it's war. It sounds beautiful and it's what I want to hear, but it's a sword and it's going to kill me. Look, it says this. Um, and all at once, all at once, the lights dimmed. All at once, danger, danger, danger. Oh, <laughs> Wanted something a little bit bigger, but that's okay. Danger, <laughs> danger, danger, danger. And he followed her all at once, like without thinking of the consequences, without pondering what was the right thing to do. Thoughtlessly, he followed her like an ox. He wasn't seeing an ox. He was seeing Beyonce going to the slaughter like a deer. He wasn't seeing a deer. He was seeing Rihanna stepping into a noose. Till an arrow pierces his liver. You feel, you think he felt that liver? It's your liver. <laughs> it, it doesn't feel like something is going into my liver. It, it doesn't feel like a trap till an arrow pierces his liver like a bird darting into a snare. Little knowing it would cost him his life. Danger, danger, danger. Change the light. Bring- stuff your friends are no good to you if they aren't telling you the truth they're rotten friends you gotta have something in your brain the conscience you're in danger 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 i want to have this i want to be (laughs) i want to be crystal clear about the message I call it bullhorn clarity. (laughs) Get this part of the message, please. (laughs) You were meant for more. And the more you were meant for is worth fighting for. And fighting... Not done with the bullhorn clarity part yet. (laughs) And fighting often looks like waiting. Fighting often looks like patience, persistence. And then some days, fighting looks like fighting. This is my home. These are my people. They're worth defending. This is my friend. He's worth defending. I'm telling you the truth. Fight because there is a mighty God who has fought the battle for you. You know, this battle for cancer. I want this to be bullhorn clarity. You got to fight some days. Right? You got to fight. This cancer for us has been a fight. And some days it's just like, all right, I just got to take a cup of cold water. I got to take a cup of cold water to him 25 times a day. (laughs) And I got to help him do things. 
And um, that's what that looks like. That's what love looks like. But, but I was walking one day, and, um, and it started raining. And Erwin makes fun of me in rain. He goes, you love the idea of rain, but you don't like being in rain. <laughs> right? It, you know, it's my friend. You know, rain, not Erwin. But yeah, it's my friend. It's my friend. And it started raining, and it had been raining for a long time. And I'm like, is this, is this you, God, saying that you're going to walk this journey? Is this, is this you saying you're going to walk beside me? that's that tangible and you know you're like oh yeah <laughs> yeah you Christians and I went home and I just opened my Bible I just thought like I'm just gonna open it and I'd love a, I'd love a rain verse and it, at the bottom of my Bible just in a little tiny 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 print it said Hosea 6 I went to Hosea 6 and it said this and I will meet you in the winter rains I will come to you in the winter rains because from some of us winter uh, the rain is like um it is like a sign of, of pain. But there's a, those of us who take it as a sign of blessing and favor. And every time I'm in places and I just need to see God, it rains. I don't, can't explain it. It's just how we communicate God and I. But he's going to meet me. He's going to meet you there because he's fought the fight for you to get you there. He's fought the fight to get you in a safe place. He's fought the fight to get you in a healthy spot. Even though you may have fallen and maybe you're on the ground right now. This is a righteous man. Though he falls seven times, he will rise again. Ah. Rise up! Let's pray. I pray blessing over this community. Visitors alike, um, family, friends, people who joined in mission with us. I pray for them, Lord Jesus. I pray. I pray that power. I pray your authority over their marriages, over their relationships, over their future relationships, over the decisions they're making, over the people they're thinking of pursuing, over the people that you're trying to get together, over the destinies that you have for them. I pray. I pray the love of their lives would encompass their space. I pray those marriages and those relationships would be healthy and wise and strong, like a very, very tightly wound cord that will not break. Make us unbreakable, Lord, and at our core, make us strong. We pray these things in the powerful name, the fighting name, the lovely name, the wonderfully reigning name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on the Mosaic Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you've just received, allow it to go deeply into your soul, to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only he can do. And I also want to encourage you to be a part of what we're doing here at Mosaic, to go to the Mosaic app and to become a part of the Mosaic Foundation, to become a regular giver and investor in bringing this message across the world. I want to thank you so much for being here with us. God bless you.